Back gamers to episode eight of Power Gamers Podcast. This is the red Power Gamer Mike and the black Power Gamer Rami. Before we start with the Alpha Five's A list, um, let's just talk about what we've done the past week. You know, gaming related or, or otherwise. What have you been up to, Mike? Diablo. Yes, and I have joined you in, in your quest. Uh, so Mike, Mike dragged me along. I actually uh, hadn't played Diablo three yet, which was a crime. Crime against humanity. Yes, yes. And so you know, he graciously got me a copy, and, and we've been playing it the past. Uh, couple days here um doing doing pretty well like i started a demon hunter uh mike as a crusader mm-hmm. um and so we started uh, two season characters we're about to level 36 yeah we're, we're close there yeah so we've been we've been kind of grinding it out so in only about three days and uh, uh just a couple hours so that's been a lot of fun i've been enjoying that and actually since you just started you weren't around at the beginning the air 37 and when it first launched uh-huh it was um it's an online only game which is still kind of lame um, because Diablo 2 was a single player game or a local area network which a lot of people um would play just you know on a plane flight or something like that yeah yeah when Diablo 3 launched um they had a lot of server issues not you know quite as extensive as something like the Master Chief collection mm-hmm. um so they got through that and then the game kind of was fundamentally broken because like the whole thing to Diablo is is the loot. It's just getting item and gold and loot explosions and just seeing all the stuff. Right. And one, not enough loot dropped. And two, when loot dropped, it usually wasn't for your class. And three, you would just go like crazy ass shit. Like, um, as I told you the other night, it would be like a wizard staff with strength. And you're kind of like, well, yeah, that's never going to help anybody. Yeah, exactly. It's like that that uh, that attribute doesn't doesn't help that class. Right. And what for it. It was designed. Um, they had the real money auction house where you could like get an item, um, drop a game, sell it on the auction house for actual cash. Mm-hmm. And okay. then they'd take a cut. And what the design behind that was is they were depending or they wanted the player to rely on the real money auction house. So you get this item like, oh, well, it's not for my class, but a wizard would like it. So you'd sell it in the auction house, and you could get money or gold, which then you would turn around and buy like something, buy something that you need. But that yeah. kind of defeats the system of playing Diablo to kill monsters to get good gear. Yeah, exactly. It's it's more like, hey, I, I'm gonna like buy this, or or let me say, I'm gonna have this item, and oh, it doesn't fit. Now I have to sell it and then use the cash to buy something I actually need versus earning it in a battle. Right. It was drop. Yeah. a little okay. bit of pain. So it did. Yeah. It had a rough start, but they finally here um, with, it was like Loot 2.0 or something, um, last year sometime. I don't mm-hmm. even remember when it was, but they changed it to where it pretty much is what it is now, where mm-hmm. more loot drops and uh, you actually get stuff you can use. Yeah. So looks like I came at a good time. I've been enjoying the game a lot. Uh, I went ahead and ordered the Reaper's Reaper of Souls expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on Slick Deals, uh, 20 bucks. so I, I went and got that. So they were definitely having a lot of fun with that. Um, I also recently, uh, when I finished Majora's Mask, the game is an excellent remake. They, I still they, have to play it. I've got it it's, sitting. It's so good. I mean, I would say, like, if we compare uh, Ocarina of Time 3D, mm-hmm. that game, the way it was remade was largely, you know, basically polished textures um, the, the game was the same intact, you know, and I think a lot of fans maybe would have 
potentially had issues with remaking a couple of things, um, even for you know improvement, you mm-hmm. know, because they kind of want the same base game. Um, so that was fine. But Majora's Mask is a genuine remake, and when I say that, they kind of like for people who play the original on N sixty four, they adjusted the way the saves work. There's like save owls, and originally you would have wait save owls owls. It's like a stone. Oh, right, okay. of, the, right, of, right. The, of an owl gotcha. and you go up to the stone and it would be a temporary save so you go up to the stone and when you save you save once and then when you load your game the next time um that's it like that save is used up and you have to go to another stone owl which was fine but so they're they're like your save pimps something like that yeah okay. yeah they work out like that uh so then what it what it is is that um they changed that in the remake to um, having uh, basically, it's just a, a, a standard save, and going back three, d- going back uh, using the Song of Time uh, in the original on six on N sixty four saved your game, but going back in time doesn't because now the statues all have permanent saves. So that was a good design uh, improvement. Um, a couple other things, I w- I, I actually um, so there's like things like that, and um, uh, a couple of other changes that uh, made the whole experience better. The bombers notebook bomber society notebook um there's like a group of kids five of them in clock town mm-hmm. that um basically they'll you know give you updates on who needs help with what what uh issues people are facing uh when you need to do certain tasks because uh, majora's mask has a lot of side quests to get all all of the masks which i think is enjoyable and it's different in a zelda game um and that that has been retooled to make it a lot easier um, and when you use the ocarina, there's a way to um, is, is use the song of double time, which is basically like instead of playing the original song of time, you just play it. Uh, you d- you each use each note twice in a row. Okay, okay. And so you can fast forward to a particular point of time. In the other game, you could just fast forward, uh, you know, specific periods of time, like half a day or a full day. Mm-hmm. But in this one, you can go to a specific hour. You can be like 11 p.m., 12, you know, 12 a.m., 1 a.m., you know. Okay. And it makes it a lot easier because some tasks are like at specific times of the day. So it's not like you're fast forwarding and then you have to wait, you know. So a couple of things like that definitely help the game. Um, And uh, I I have all of the masks. Um, I have uh, Fierce Deity Mask is overpowered as shit. I mean, you can literally you can literally beat the final boss in about a minute. You can beat Majora's Mask in a minute with that mask. That's crazy. Yeah, and and people think like, oh, you know, like that's that's overpowered or whatever. But it's you know, if you got all of the masks, then you kind of earned it. Right, right. I mean, and you can always you can always replay him. You know, you can replay the boss and do it without the mask, but it's still like super easy if you have, you know, all of the all of the upgrades. So I won't say any more. You know, that's I don't think that's uh, you know nothing like major spoilers or anything there, but just. The experience is really good. I greatly enjoyed the game. I still, you know, I'm going for 100%. I have 18 heart pieces now, and uh, I just need uh, eight more uh, individual pieces, uh, and I'll I'll be at 100%. Awesome, man. And so I've been enjoying that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll have to actually pick it up and play it here. Now, is it, I have the older 3DS. Is it worth playing without the, the secondary, the Circle Pad Pro, or the nub on the new 3DS? I, I It's definitely still worth uh, playing because the way Oc- Ocarina of Time actually is not compatible with um you know like if you played ocarina of time on a new 3ds mm-hmm. or with a you know it doesn't have the circle pad pro um 
attachment uh, feature. Oh, so that doesn't even work on it. It doesn't work on it, right? okay. which is disappointing, but at the same time, it didn't exist at, at that time. So right, when they did the remake, it didn't have the circuit. Yeah, and it's totally fine because uh, there wasn't a secondary camera on the original N64 version. Right. You know, all your, your C-Stick was for your items and everything. Um, so... It functions exactly like that, you, okay. and the you just use your left trigger to center the camera behind you, and it and it totally works. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Ooh, yeah. before we uh, move on, or I forget. Yeah. What are our battle.net tags that way people want to play with us? Yeah, if you guys want to hit us up um, for Diablo, uh, my tag is ramification, the same way that normal word is spelled ramification. Yeah, but I think it they do it weird where they add the. Hold me, look it up. You here. have to add numbers. Okay, yeah, my number is uh, eighteen thirty six. I remember. I don't remember mine. I'm looking it up. Okay, yeah. So mine is 1836. If you guys want to hit us up, and we'll add this in a, you know, we'll include these in the uh, post uh, when we, uh, you know, submit the uh, podcast when we post the podcast. Oh yeah, I'm Captain Crunch 1458. Yeah. So Captain Crunch, how's it spelled? Uh, K A P T E N K R U N C H. Okay. All one word. So there you go. And oh um, man, we could play. Oh, we could play Starcraft. Dude, I wanna. Yeah. I'm definitely down. I like. I I feel like I have to get it. Uh, I did play it, you know, originally mm-hmm. when it first came out. I just haven't had time since then. Now it's ten dollars. Something like that. It's yeah, really and, crazy uh, cheap. And it's it's ten for the base game and ten for the expansion. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to pick those up and uh, re, you know get back into those as well. Yeah, I remember. Um, I played the I played StarCraft two. I played through the campaign. Played a little multiplayer, but I got my ass beat too many times on there. And then Heart of the Swarm, I picked it up, and I think I've played like an hour of the campaign mm-hmm. and never gone back. I actually have been meaning to go back and play that, but it's yeah, yeah, it's in my backlog. Yeah, I want to jump back into it. Um, other than that, right now, I'm just playing a lot of uh, Smash. I have a Luigi montage in the works uh, for you guys. I'm actually pretty pretty good with Luigi, like like 85% win rate or something. I'm not even... I'm not even talking to you right now. No, <laughs> no, but I'll, ha- I'll we'll have that up and and uh, throw up some, you know, check out our YouTube page, guys. Um, we have some Phantom Dust uh, live streams that that we recorded and, and threw up there. Let us, you know, let us know any suggestions and um, you know, we're just like shooting this shit right here, just like talking casually about what we've done and and um, different things like that. And we'd love to hear what uh, what you've been playing or what you guys have. Uh, yeah, guys, got going on. Yeah, let us know what you guys have been playing if you want to hit us up. You know. Team Fortress Two, Battlefield, Smash Brothers, whatever, just hit us up. We'll throw up our um, our tags when we, you know, on our gaming playlists. We'll include all of that information if you guys want to just play with us, you know, just casually. Ay, 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 ay. You know, with that, um, we can maybe like uh, jump into Alpha Alpha Five's A list here. Yeah, and I'm gonna let you take the first one here, Sonic Games. Yes. So now uh, we have, um, you know, we discussed. Uh, you know, Sonic Boom and how that was... Uh, Just a nightmare. A nightmare, yes, of a game. Um, but, but we have fond memories of Sonic from growing up. Definitely. I mean, we like Sonic. You know, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't. It's like it's like when you think of classic video game icons, you think Mario, you mm-hmm. think Donkey Kong, you think Sonic, etc., right? Um, so it's kind of unfortunate to see how he's just been used it's just like a just to get money basically without putting much effort into the games as of now yeah and that's you can look into i mean when you when i think sonic or when i think sega i think sonic yeah those exactly. are kind of uh, i mean those go hand in hand to exactly me. synonymous and you could you could make the same argument that uh nintendo is like that with mario yep but on the other hand nintendo has ensured that mario is i mean every mario game is great yeah you don't see a bad mario game exactly exactly so. um you know, so now with regard to Sega, mm-hmm. um, 
Sega has now changed their name to Sega Games. The recent news is that Sega actually has changed their uh, company name to Sega Games, which is very strange because Sega stands for Service Games, which... So basically, Mm. the company is Service Games Games. That's weird. I mean, everybody likes, you know, the name Sega as is, so that's kind of strange. That's, you know, a minor point, you know, kind of uh, nitpicking a little bit. But, you know, the the, the major story is that Sega is going to be um, exiting the console market. So they're they're moving out of console games altogether? That's what seems to be the case. However... Um, and and you know focusing s- exclusively on mobile and PC. Now mm-hmm. this is this goes hand in hand with what we mentioned you know a couple of weeks back about Sega picking up those mobile developers. See, I would love for them just to pull something crazy and throw a new console out there. It would be a great surprise actually okay, because they could make enough money actually with the mobile market and their moves. And we already said they're actually a top five developer in Japan. Actually, uh, financially speaking, they're, I'm going to hit on this again in a few yeah. minutes because yep. there's something we're going to cover that ah that it makes sense to me now that we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to make a note here. Yeah, and so you know, it's it's not um, it's not totally inconceivable. I don't know that they would go that route, but you know, um, it's a nice uh, it's a nice fantasy to be thinking about. It would it would definitely turn the market on its head and uh, throw everybody for a surprise. I think I know what they're trying to pull here, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, and so, um, however, even, you know, despite the fact that that's Sega's move now, um, and people are, you know, some people commented kind of immaturely like, oh, Sega's been out of the console market since 2001 when the Dreamcast died, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it actually hasn't been out of the console market. And, and it's not like... It's not that Sega is dead. This isn't they're out of the hardware market. Yeah, they're they're still making games though. Exactly. This just means that at that point they left the hardware market and focusing on software, and now they're limiting their avenues to what they feel is going to be more profitable. Focusing on mobile, focusing on PC, which they're a top five. They're the top five company in Japan, financially speaking. You can check the numbers. So I think they know what they're doing from a financial standpoint, even if. A lot of uh, fans disagree with this move because they want to see their, you know, their favorite games on consoles. You, it's pretty clear to understand why they're making this decision from a from a financial point of view. Now, I've got a uh, a question for you. Do you think that Nintendo may eventually head in the same direction where they pull back from hardware and just focus on their on their IP? I don't games? believe so. I don't think Nintendo will ever do that. I and, and I don't think that they should. Okay. Okay. I I am halfway. I have mixed feelings on this. I feel like, I mean, this is Nintendo historically doesn't sell well or have top sales on their consoles, Mm -hmm. except for mobile consoles. They seem to do well on Yeah, they destroy the handheld market completely. They've got that cornered. But as far as their their home hardware, it's just never done as well. And as long as they keep, I mean... As long as they keep making a profit, I don't think they're going to pull out of the hardware market. No, they're 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 in good. You know, when I say they're in good financial standing, I'm saying like they they've got plenty of cash right now. They have so much cash. I mean, literally ten billion saved. That's not a ten billion saved like as kind of emergency funds. And now they've recently turned a profit, even with the Wii U with right. holiday sales. Hopefully that continues with some big titles coming up. We'll discuss in Zordon's watch list, Splatoon. Xenoblade Chronicles, that game is absolutely going to be huge. Right. It's such a major title. Um, it's going to be great. We'll, we'll talk more about it. I, yeah, I I think they're fine for now, but I'm, I'm thinking five, ten years, if they don't find a way to turn around, I mean, 
the Wii did great because it was something new. The Wii U tried to continue that trend, and it just wasn't wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, if they continue to try and roll with that type of uh, that tech, that kind of, I mean, I mean, they're going with uh, what do they call it? Their fitness mm-hmm. deal, their pillar of fitness, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they they're gonna have to find something new to reinvent their um, their console market. Yeah, Hopefully. no, they they want to reinvent the wheel, and they. They have the spare cash, I think, to do that. Mm-hmm. However, they've got to figure out what I mean. They've got yeah, to. They've got there, to pay there attention. are there are fundamental like any genuine. You know, if somebody's not a kind of a blind fanboy for anyone, you know, and we're not we're not fanboys for any one company. We just we try to kind of look at things holistic, and we, and we play everything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but there are genuine uh, communication issues and kind of a, a question of you know kind of um, a problem of identity almost you know within nintendo's uh structure like internal business structure right when i say that i mean there's like communication issues between you know nintendo you know nintendo in japan and nintendo of america right even for that i'm i'm willing to bet you their marketing and their hardware divisions i'm sure they just yeah and so you know those things definitely can be ironed out and what i think you know to to connect it back to uh, sega and their move to mobile and PC, mm-hmm. I think this is good, one, financially for Sega, and two, it provides a good um, example for Nintendo to look at and observe so they can kind of observe how Sega is going to tackle the mobile and PC market. Right, this would be a precedent for exactly. the game company. This is, this is a, something for Nintendo to look at and see how is it, how is it working or not working for Sega to go exclusively mobile and PC so they can kind of look at that and weigh their options. I think I think Nintendo should engage the mobile market more. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but I don't think that needs to that needs to be um to the point of, you know, releasing new software exclusively for mobile. They're still going to have their home, you know, right. home console uh you know, their their home their uh handheld console and that's going to be fine. Right. But when it comes to, for example, old old software, how can they maximize the profit on that? You know, even with the eShop, they can streamline, they need to streamline the eShop. It's Which I compli- hope this, this whatever the new customer rewards program, I hope they're going to do that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see, you know, what, what will take the place of, um, you know, the Club Nintendo may possibly kind of help in that regard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think the news is interesting and it's, um, you know, kind of an interesting example for Nintendo to look at with respect to, the viability potential viability of the pc and the mobile market yeah that, i can if they're uh, they just got to keep an eye i mean if nintendo is not looking back at sake and saying okay here's what they did here's what happened to them we need to watch out for this and i think they're being foolish but i'm sure they are no they're, they're they're keeping an eye out for sure yeah and with respect to um you know sega again uh, the Sonic team saying is saying that Seg- uh, Sonic games will still be made for consoles. Mm-hmm. So that may prove to be the exception. Uh, that's what the Sonic team uh, director said. So it may be that, you know, within the auspice of Sega as a whole, moving to mobile and PC, we'll still have just Sonic games still on console, which whatever, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm ambivalent about it. I because haven't, the played, games I haven't ha- played a Sonic game in Yeah, the games haven't years. been good, so I don't particularly care about that. Um, but you know, it's, it's whatever. I, I think the, mo- the more interesting news is that, uh, uh, Sega as a whole is moving towards mobile and PC and we'll kind of, kind of see what they do with that, what type of new IP they're going to do potentially, or, 
you know, how they're going to utilize these mobile developers that they recently purchased. Right, right. Um, and with that, with that out of the way, um, there's some pretty interesting uh, news with respect to Morpheus. Do you want to do you want to jump on Morpheus or do you want to? Yeah, I mean, I can yeah, I can hear this a little bit. Um, Morpheus is basically Sony's take on the Oculus Rift, which I haven't personally got to play around with. I've heard it's pretty cool. Um, I have heard though that I mean, it's had a few um, growing pains as far as the resolution of the monitors and motion sickness you can kind of get from it uh but apparently this i mean the the proto are the the images i've seen of this thing they look pretty sleek mm-hmm. look pretty cool and i mean it could be really awesome but what i'm afraid of is that it's going to be the next playstation i or the next connect where they build kind of this not honestly not broken peripheral but um not pointless either it's it's, it's a cool piece of technology that's great for what it does but how? I mean, how, what do you? How's do it going to be like standardized? Right. I mean, how much? How much is it going to cost? It's going to be three, four, five hundred dollars. Yep. I'm sure it's not going to be cheap. Yep. I mean, that's the price of a console. And exactly. secondly, what are you going to do with it? That yeah. really, like, I mean, you could have some really immersive experiences with something like that. But I just don't see how they can prove to the gamer that the gamer needs this. Exactly. Yeah. That's um, that's I would I would agree with that sentiment. Um, you know, it's interesting as kind of a next step to show that hey this is different from pc gaming this is something that only consoles can pro- you know not not, not you even know. i mean the oculus. Not, i mean the pc can obviously be applied to to the you know the oculus pardon pardon me can def- that talk technology can be applied right. to pc of course but let's say if sony takes the kind of first step and makes it mainstream um then that's a, a huge selling point for if you know if they uh, implement it for the ps4 increasing their sales more or maybe pushing it more so for their next console and i i kind of think what they're trying to do here is the oculus has been i mean the oculus has been around for three or four years mm-hmm. in development there have been i mean the the uh, retail version is not out i kind of get the impression that sony is trying to be the first to market here okay. and they've seen how popular the oculus has become so they're developing the morpheus and trying to get it out first mm-hmm. and yeah, jump, yeah, have the first uh, say right so to speak and the other other issue i kind of see with it is I'm assuming it's going to require a PlayStation 4. It won't be some standalone device. Yeah, of course. Um, it would be more appealing if there were a standalone device that you could sync with your laptop or your phone, like sync with your Android, mm-hmm. play your mobile games or watch a movie or something up mm-hmm. there. would make it more usable. If you're required to have a you know, $350, $400 console to plus plug it this, into. Yeah, um, plus this peripheral. It's going to be tricky. It can be a hard sell. Yep. And then even if they can, I mean, say it comes out and say, okay, this is great, great piece of kit, great piece of technology. Everyone needs it. What do they go and say, okay, what uh, what does it do? What games can I play with it? What? Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen, aside from some tech demos, any games that absolutely require it. Right. Um, you know, sp- speaking to that point um, on Reddit, actually, uh, you know, one poster, um, and in the post that was mentioned, his name is actually... Uh, blurred out uh, somebody who would kind of like a uh, screen grab this uh, he mentioned that he works at a large game studio he didn't you know he wasn't at liberty to specify which you know he's obviously under contract but what he mentioned was that they actually already have a morpheus dev kit mm-hmm. so obviously sony has been sending these out to major developers um just to kind of test the waters you know give them something to to toy with and understand it a little bit better right you know 
And yeah, so I think HTC is making one as well. So okay, yeah, yeah, that's it's. I mean, it just brings me back to, I guess when was it? Two thousand five, two thousand six, mm-hmm. uh, two thousand seven, when the Wii launched. Microsoft and Sony turned around and put out the Kinect and the PlayStation. Ex- yeah, in direct comparison or, I mean, or direct uh, response. Sorry. Right, trying to have yeah. a competitive product. Yep. And neither one of those. I mean, they were interesting at the time, and the Kinect sold pretty well. But it wasn't. I mean, you didn't really need it. it yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. A it didn't thing. prove. It didn't prove to be a necessity. I no. think, in fact, I would call the original Kinect. I don't. I know. I don't have a Kinect for the Xbox One, mm-hmm. but I would call the original Kinect. Um, really a burden i mean people did not want it i would say i don't know i mean i would say uh you like know, i bought one but it was it was the same same thing as the Wii, the gimmick of being able to i mean motion control which was nothing new i mean i had a webcam back in the early 2000s where you could play motion games on it but it had like the dance games and stuff like that they're fun party games mm-hmm. they were interesting and worked well for that one specific kind of hey you can do a dance game mm-hmm. um but didn't really appeal to the larger gaming audience and didn't really, I mean... No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. From a gameplay perspe- perspective... Didn't, it didn't benefit It didn't anything. add anything, really. Right. With the Wii, it was successful because that was the... That was the... The cornerstone. Bread and butter yeah. of the console. And it was successful and it worked well. Um, however, with respect to the Kinect and the, um, the Sony... Uh, the PlayStation Play, Eye. Yeah, the PlayStation Eye. Mm-hmm. Those didn't do as well because it was kind of part of it was the fact that it was kind of secondary and afterthought, you know? Right. Um, now with the Morpheus, it being, you know, kind of more, um, we'll see how, I don't, I don't think it's going to be central per se, cause it's a huge risk, mm-hmm. if, especially with the, the cost involved. Right. I mean like this developer, you know, who posted on Reddit, he said, we have Morpheus dev kit and Oculus dev kits as well. Mm-hmm. And he meant, he mentioned that, they haven't actually started developing anything for that thing. And, you know, it's, it's early, so we'll see how that goes. He said that the problem is that making our games work with Oculus um, isn't what the issue is. He said that's not the huge problem. Mapping the camera to track whatever comes out of the VR headset, you know, putting a warning sticker uh, to say that, you know, this type of game is going to require a more powerful uh, processor, you know, say if you're doing it on PC. Right, right. And this yeah, is for, assuming for that it's going uh, to work for Oculus. Okay. Yeah, for Oculus. Oculus. Okay. Right. And so since Oc- the idea being is that that's the case with Oculus, he can, you know, they can do that. And he said with Morpheus, he the question he has is that it's we're already pushing consoles to their limit. So if consoles are already being pushed to their limit, you know, he's saying that with Morpheus, it's not like you can take an existing game and quote unquote enable, uh, you know, this Morpheus support. Right. It has to be built from the ground up mm-hmm. and rendered twice and, and, and. So it's like all of these kind of uh, hardware demands right. of using the Morpheus, you know, ki- makes its uh, mainstream accessibility questionable. And that's the other thing is as far as motion games like dance games and connect adventures, those are relatively simple games as far as, I mean, I'm sure as far as coding or developing goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing crazy going on there. Yep. Uh, the Morpheus, that's going to take a lot more work to make a 3D immersive world running on a console yes. that is already underpowered. Yeah, exactly. And so th- there are some very technical, I think, limitations to you know, how widespread the Morpheus will be. This is obviously very early in discussion and a lot of speculation, but I think this developer makes very you know, sound points and uh, arguments with respect to you know, its viability. So there's a lot of things that 
have to be ironed out. And so, you know, it's very interesting with respect to the possibilities. Um, there's just there's just a lot more uh, to go with respect to seeing how that's going to kind of play into the next generation. Yeah, I think it'll be really cool. But I just, as I said, I think it's going to be hard for them to find a way to say, hey, this is why you need this. Exactly. Like y- it's, it's like it's a must buy for this reason. But, you know, if the price of admission is, say, say the console plus this technology is seven hundred eight hundred dollars or something mm-hmm. that's that's a huge that's a tough bill question. to swallow that's a, yeah that's a huge yeah huge question mark it's like uh, i don't know about this right and then and what happens if say they they tell you that and you know eight hundred dollars they're like oh and look here's what you can do with it you can watch movies mm-hmm. you're like yeah yeah it's it's a it's a tough sell with the with the you know price of admission but we'll, we'll kind of see you know we'll be we'll be tracking this and see how the sony morpheus develops and um see what other potential VR products, you know, perhaps Microsoft or Nintendo are going to maybe look into as well. Yeah, so that'd be interesting. Okay, moving on. Um, tell me about uh, Unreal Engine 4 here. Okay, so this is pretty pretty big news. Um, the Unreal uh, Engine 4 is now free uh, to use for developers. So That's awesome. That's a huge plus for people who want to make, you know, a more immersive game and a more sound, you know, like a, just a stronger game or easier for developers or people to become developers. Exactly. It just, it just, um, opens the door, uh, pretty wide, wide open for people who have some technical prowess and they say, Hey, like we want to make a really good game. Oh, we have this base product that we can work, work from, you know, Unreal Engine for. So how are they making their money off of it then? So basically, um, the subscription originally, it was um, on subscription. So like in March, um, they were charging $19 per month mm-hmm. and a royalty fee of 5% on sales. Okay. And Which that could be steep if you're, if you're pretty popular. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, potentially uh, a lot. And so what they, what is the case now is that it's free, it's completely free to download and future updates are free. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a commercially released game, what they do is now uh, developers who use it will pay a 5% royalty fee. If they make uh, above $3,000 per product uh, per quarter. Okay. Okay. So I think that's, you know, very standard, like streamlined. Um, it's just a lot easier to make the base, you know, to make it free at first and then say like, Hey, if you sell over such and such amount in this specific amount of time, then you pay a 5% royalty fee. What they're doing is they're throwing the doors wide open for indie developers where yes. uh, they're making it easy for indie indie developers to make games and to not be penalized. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the main issues for making games for the consoles, um, you know, Xbox, PlayStation, is you have to deal with Microsoft and Sony. And, I mean, they make, they make you jump through hoops and hurdles from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah, so this is, um, there's a lot. I mean, it's the full C++ source code supports PC, Mac OS, Android, iOS, supports uh, VR, you know, down the road. Um, and, uh, okay. you know, this is this is big news, um, you know, for, for PC and uh, and consoles alike. Okay, moving on. Um, next one, this, I'm going to hit this real quick. Shadow yeah. of Mordor wins uh, Game of the Year at GDC. Uh-huh. Uh, which, you know, I played Shadow of Mordor, and it was a lot of fun, but, it, I mean, it's basically a um, Assassin's Creed game mm-hmm. with uh, the Nemesis system thrown in where the enemies can level up and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. Um, I mean, it's a really good game, but it's almost it's interesting that that wins Game of the Year. Then you look back, and you're like, well, there weren't that many successful new games. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the games that are supposed to be big, like Halo and um, 
of all. Destiny was supposed to be Destiny, huge. right? And it like was bigger, like bigger than it. It was it big. was huge commercially. Um, it did have some some stumbles, and it still has some stumbles. Um, but it's interesting that uh, uh, Shadow Mordor. So it's a really good game, but uh, I just didn't. I wouldn't have called that one winning game of the year. But yeah, I. I mean, I. I mean, this is just according to GDC. So, you know, it's it's one. You know, kind of one opinion. But uh, I haven't played Shadow of Mordor, so I can't really speak on it. Um, my my personal game of the year. Mm-hmm. Let me think. You know, really, really, I want to say I want to say Smash Brothers. That's just what comes to mind. It's just a, it's such a complete game. There's Solid so choice. much. There's so much content in it. The online works smoothly. You know, I mean, some people, I don't know why, in reviews were saying that they had issues with lag. I mean, I will say when it, if you're playing four players, um, it, it can it can uh, have, there can be lag spikes. But if, you know, I usually play for Glory one-on-one. Like it's more, you know, like more competitive. Mm-hmm. That um, has, I've, I really haven't had lag issues with it, you know, for the most part. And if it's laggy at the beginning, it will it will end the game and you just join another game. Okay. You know, it's quick bad. to find a game. Um, the game is just so polished from every angle. I mean, it's it's just chock full of content, so much fun. I I don't know. I've probably put in about fifty hours into that game. Oh wow! Since uh, since starting, and that's not even that much compared to other people. But it's it's a whole bunch of fun, and it's a complete complete package. In looking at it, the games that really sell well on on the Wii U mm-hmm. don't need a gamepad at all. In fact, they're yep. better off without a gamepad. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Nintendo just keep making your games. Make just uh, make a decent video game console. No, no crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there's, I, you know, w- with respect to that argument, I don't want to, you know, like expound on this too much. But I think that there are kind of two two general approaches to how people think that Nintendo needs to kind of address their change. Like some people want to mi- want them to make like a stronger console mm-hmm. and like streamline support for third-party developers Mm -hmm. i think that i i think that it's necessary that they streamline developer development for third-party developers because they can still do their own thing but basically make it easier for developers to develop for them people who know um really know the issue is that like the software is basically different in a way that if a developer develops something for xbox and ps Xbox One and PS4, um, they're making the game, they're coding it once. When it comes to the Wii U, um, they have to approach it differently from a development perspective and coding perspective. Right, because the I mean, it's, uh, it's so much more underpowered than the other two consoles. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not just that, but just also the type of the type of uh, hardware. There's it's like it's like x86 or something like that. There's there's some details related to it, but I think some people think that they should streamline and have access to third party while still having their great exclusive. And then it's like, Hey, here's all the third party stuff that you want. Plus great exclusives. Right. I think, I think, I think Nintendo doesn't, I think Nintendo doesn't want to approach things like that. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, I, I think that they're more concerned with saying like, what is going to, revolutionize gaming mm-hmm. like they they're looking at what is going to be the next you know let's say uh you know i mean it's what you're we talking about before like they, they they part of it is they need a n- new ip because like mario games and zelda games are always great but, but you only get one every five years yeah let, there's that win. but also i think for a lot of gamers it's t- almost too familiar for them yeah you know and, and that's a serious 
you know, that's a, that's a concern. And when I say too familiar, it's like they know it's going to be great, yes, but for some gamers, they think in the back of their mind, oh, it's just Mario, oh, it's just Zelda. Then, you know, that's unfortunate that some people will think that way, but it's, it's kind of, um, you know, they just need kind of new, they kind of need a new image a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at Mario, it's all over 25 years old. So, I mean, if you had a new Mario and, and Zelda game every year, you're kind of like, uh, here yeah. it is again. Yeah, and, th- and that's what, you know, some people are inclined to think. The games are obviously always great, mm-hmm. but it's just if you consider the larger market, this is what we're talking about. If you consider the larger market, people look at it like, oh, just another, oh, just an, you know what I mean? So I think they kind of, you know, they need new IP. Need some fresh blood. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like fresh blood. You look at Sony and Microsoft and a lot of their big selling games here are new IP or IP that hasn't been around that long. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing on Microsoft or Sony's brands with maybe a few excep- exceptions on Sony's uh, front have, you know, been around for 25 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And um, there's nothing, you know, there's uh, th- th- there's like a whole discussion about that. I think I think yeah. that, you know, the way the way Nintendo approaches things with respect to trying to revolutionize the market is good. Ha- and, you know, trying to be kind of a paragon in that respect and just have, you know, kind of they want to hit that, you know, they want to get the, the formula right, you know, and, you know, they're they're trying different things to be you know, just to be unique, you know, but it's just a matter of if it, is it going to hit the mark? Is it going to tap into the minds of gamers? Is it going to be that thing where everybody has to play it? You know, there's risks involved, obviously, but they can take the hits for, they can take the hits um, for a while at least. Yeah, we'll see where they go with that. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, let's see what's next here. Uh, so, okay, the Steam Store hardware section. Oh, I'm excited about this one. Okay, so this is pretty interesting. What they've done now yeah, in addition to obviously all of their software, they have started, you know, one, one they have finalized their controller. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, Mike, if you want to speak on this, you showed me like the older model. I, yeah, I've got one of the prototypes that they gave out to developers um, a year or two ago. Okay, nice. Yeah, so that's super cool. So we'll, um, we can maybe post a picture of that on the website for you guys. And compare it to the newer one, and uh, some major changes uh, were made. And so, some people have been saying like that looks, you know, that it looks like the Xbox 360 controller, when really that's, you know, not quite the case. I mean, if you look at it, you have kind of um, an odd kind of uh, D-pad, like large D-pad esque thing at the top. I mean, it's a it's a touchpad. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a like a touchpad with a kind of imprint Mm -hmm. of a D-pad, if you will. And the the right, quote unquote, stick is another touchpad, but it's got eight button or eight way functionality. Yep. Uh, which you know, that may be you know, so it's it's different, and so um, we'll see how that goes. Um, that uh, the controller aside, you know, this this page for hardware has pages devoted to not only the controller but Steam Link, um, a variety of Steam machines. So like basically, um, pre built gaming, uh, or let me say pre built uh, PCs that have the Steam OS on there. Um, and you know the price ranges from like you know you have some from like four sixty up to even five thousand, which is I think totally, you know you really don't need that. It's like no. like an Alienware brand. You don't need you don't need like an Alienware PC. You know people thought that was like the pinnacle of gaming. It's like here buy this three thousand dollar gaming PC and it's guaranteed to run everything. Okay, but you can make it you know make your own, you know. But it's just kind of like the accessibility, the price accessibility. Uh, or let me say, the price of admission 
is like, here, this is convenient. We've made it for you, but it's $3,000. Nobody's going to buy it. It's going to be hard to sell. I mean, people, I mean, three to $400 for a console is kind of pushing a limit for consumers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So trying to get someone to buy a $5,000 console. Now, I mean, people will spend two, $3,000 on a PC sometimes. Yeah. But it has a wider uh, list of functions than just playing games. Exactly. And so, you know, this is this is something like fi- a $5,000 quote-unquote Steam machine is going to I don't see that doing for, very well. Yeah, it's not going to sell like crazy numbers, but it'll be like a few people will get it just to get it. Um, because they have that uh, that income accessible to them, but other than that, you know, you can go with a with a four hundred sixty dollar model, five hundred dollar model. And some of those look really sleek. The uh, the Dell one actually looks really nice. Yeah, I like that one. And you know, uh, and this is kind of uh, true of the current console market. The current consoles are basically um, underpowered PCs running custom operating systems, mm-hmm. and that's what these Steam boxes are. They're just small, miniature, underpowered PCs. They're not not all underpowered. You know, there's some for $1,000, $1,200 that mm-hmm. absolutely blow away the PS4 and the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. But they're running the Steam OS, which is a um, a fork of the one of the Linux OSs. I don't know exactly which one. So, I mean, it'll, it'll play games. It won't do a whole lot else. Right. Uh, I'm sure they'll come up with some Netflix apps and stuff like that, so you can do all, all the same yeah. stuff. I, uh, think, I think if it's packaged as, a, like, you know, not only playing games, but like mm-hmm. as a media device, right? Where you have Netflix and Hulu and a couple of other um, Twitch, mm-hmm. definitely Twitch, um, and a couple of other um, kind of media essentials. You know, even if it doesn't have Microsoft Word or anything, people are going to buy it and say, "Hey, like this is my dedicated media entertainment system." Mm-hmm. You know, and and on that note, you know, it would it would do well, I think. So this is this is interesting. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll kind of see how that develops. I think it's I think it's good for Steam kind well, of the, expanding. The it. other issue that we got to hit there is many PC games aren't on Linux yet. Yeah, and this is as I said, Steam OS is a version of Linux. Uh, mm, so good point. I mean, I know there are, there are more games moving. There, Steam or Valve is fully behind moving to Linux mm-hmm. um, because they don't like the direction Microsoft is going. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think it's going to be kind of a slow start until a lot of the uh, AAA developers jump on board with making Linux versions of the rest because that's more development time for them, more work. That's true. Um, but once they actually start putting out Linux versions of the games, I think this could really, uh, the Steam boxes could take off. Oh, yeah, definitely. But for the time being, I don't see any threat to um, Microsoft or Sony. Speaking of which, Sony just hit their 20 million sales mark on PS4. Are you serious? Yep. It was like, what was it? It was, um, last number we rec- we reported was, was 18.5. Right, as I recall, that was back uh, before the holidays, I think. Yeah, so another another million. another you know what, you know about two million uh, consoles in two th- through two or three months, which good. I think uh, if I remember what I read correctly, makes it the fasting console uh, fastest selling console of all time. Pretty impressive. Pretty now impressive. Microsoft, last we heard from them was back in October, November, and I think they just hit ten million. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they're they're lagging behind. Yeah. No. So Sony is. Um, you know, if you want to, if you want to discuss in terms of the quote unquote console race concept, I mean, they're, they're far and away, which is crazy because leaders. there aren't that many exclusive games or reasons why you do pick a Sony. Console. Yeah. You know, I'll say this. I, I would say that with respect to the Xbox one and people who like one or the other, you know, I, again, like I don't really like the concept of fanboys. I mean, it's like buy what you want, play what you want. Yeah. Games are good. Play what you, you like. know. Exactly. That That's the, you know, that's the perspective to take. However, when I look at the Xbox One and the PS4, I, s- I don't really see a difference, frankly. I mean, under the hood, they're about the same. Yeah. So f- hardware, you know, in terms of hardware, they're about the same. They have the same exclusives, which I can get for PC. 
uh, will run a lot better. On Steam. Yes. So, you know, I think that, you know, go- kind of going back to Nintendo, it's like here, like people are going to basically pick between the Xbox One and the PS4 because even when it comes to exclusives, their exclusives have not done well on P- on Xbox One and PS4. I'm talking about Master Chief Collection. Troubles. Yeah, it's like Master Chief Collection failed. I mean, failed. They're trying to like sell the game digitally for like twenty dollars now. They're just like literally just trying to salvage Ooh. salvage um, as much uh, as possible with respect to this keyboard game. Fell. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we have to save the keyboard. <laughs> it's priority. Um, the so and that that was a huge disappointment. I'm a big Halo fan actually, and that was uh, disappointing for sure. We'll see if the patch does anything. Um, I think it's out now. We'll have to download it after this and try okay. it out. Yeah, sure, good, good. Um, and you know the order that the whole controversy with that. I mean, th- it's just like you know when it comes to uh, Nintendo, they're offering something different and unique. You know whether that appeals to the you know mainstream gamer. We'll see with their kind of um, you know upcoming uh, so- upcoming software. Um, but when it comes to the Xbox One and PS4, I kind of look at them as indistingu- indistinguishable. Yeah, um, yeah. As far as as far as what you're getting there, um, yeah. I mean, the Xbox has a few other features, but actually, this leads us into our next topic: mm-hmm. um, the Nvidia Shield console. Okay, Nvidia what is what is this about, Mike? Um, you may I don't know if you remember or not Nvidia the the first Nvidia Shield was a handhold a handheld basically Android. Oh, I remember this. Kind of like Android. It was basically like a, I don't know, it was four or five inch screen. Yeah. That you had it was hooked to a controller that you could yes play Android games, Tiger games. This. Um, but you could also stream from your PC. That was their biggest thing. You could stream games from your PC onto this little mobile handheld over Wi-Fi. Dude, this is okay. Well, hold up, hold up. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. Um. So then they came out with the Nvidia Shield tablet, which okay. was a seven, eight inch android tablet uh-huh. like a nexus size nexus size it was uh-huh. a lot more powerful than anything else out there so you could still play your android games but then you could stream from your pc now all of this is assuming you had an nvidia video card if you had an ati or amd video card okay. your sol which okay. is eh. um shit out of luck right uh now <laughs> they're coming out with the nvidia shield console so they yeah. had mobile phone size they okay. went to uh tablet and now they're going to console connected to tv mm-hmm. so Huh. It um we'll play Android games, which you know, it's it's basically another Ouya. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that's what I how I kind of see it. I'm like, yeah. that's that's a cool thing. It, I don't know if it'll be very successful. As far as I know, the int shield, the handheld and the tablet weren't super successful. This probably I mean, you've got the Android Fire TV, you've got the Roku, you have other things that do your media, which this'll do. Uh-huh. Um but then you kind of the big selling point here is gonna be you can stream games from your PC. Which you can, I think actually Steam is putting out with, um, they've got a little box they're putting out, not not a Steam box, but a box to let you stream uh, Steam from your PC. Right. Uh, so it's that's going to be its big function or selling point, which I don't know how successful that ended up being. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I mean, that's that seems strange. I mean, like for myself, I would be more interested in a tablet size, you know. Right. You know, option to stream because it's like if you, if they say, hey, you know, like now you can put it on your TV. 
I have a monitor. <laughs> right. What do I want to look at this <laughs> on like, the screen? I have an Asus, you know, like an Asus like HD 1080 1080 monitor. Why would I want to put on my TV, which is lower quality? And here's here's the other kicker, yeah. as I was mentioning, um, you have to have an NVIDIA graphics card in your PC to run yeah. this. You can't run it with AMD, which if you're running Steam Remote Play, then you don't have that uh, that qual. Yeah, there's yeah. no qualification there. Doesn't matter. Whatever plays in Steam, and actually, I believe I'm not 100 percent sure, so don't hold me to this. Mm -hmm. That any game you can launch through Steam, you can uh, you can stream over Steam Play. So if I had like Diablo, yeah, and I wanted, which is not a Steam game, it's a Blizzard game, runs mm -hmm. through Blizzard's uh, Blizzard.net app. Mm -hmm. If I go into Steam and add that the uh, Diablo3.exe file and launch it through Steam, I believe I can stream it. Mm -hmm. I saw someone doing it, but I haven't tried it myself yet. Okay, but anyway, this brings up another point, though. Yeah. Um, so they're developing this, they're coming out with this quote-unquote home console. I don't know the price that's going to be on it yet. I saw somewhere mention that it might be $200, which, if that's true, that's crazy. That's way too much I mean, for what it's offering. Yeah, for I'm not paying $200 to play mobile phone games. No. And to stream, I mean, I don't have an NVIDIA card, so I can't The stream. whole point of mobile games is have it handheld. Nobody wants to play that shit on TV. Right, that's just, <laughs> Come that's, on. That's, that's retarded. Clash of, what is that stupid game? The Clash of Clans. Well, you know what? That. You know what? Yes. I would play that. That's not the one Kate Upton was, was oh, okay. pitching. But anything she pitches, I will throw money at. Damn you. And, and here's, <laughs> here's how they could really make money off that. Yeah. They could have a contest. And okay. here's how it works. Uh you play our game, you pay five bucks, you're in a pool to get a date with Kate Upton. That would sell like hotcakes. They would be the richest company in America. Yep, that that would sell serious money. So that's how, I mean, that's that's how you could get me that to play. That would sell serious money. But anyway, um, this is what I was speaking about uh, Sega earlier in the uh, in the episode. Uh -huh. Sega moved away from the hardware mar hardware market because they just, they couldn't, they couldn't win in that fight. Um. But they're moving towards, as you mentioned, the mobile market, mm -hmm. which basically is what this device is going to play. It's going to play mobile games. Mm -hmm. So if Sega is looking at NVIDIA and saying, hey, you developed the hardware, we'll start making some games for your for your tech. Hmm. That's, I can kind of see that's the oh, game they're trying to play here. That'd be interesting. They're maybe not necessarily moving away from the console market as much as... Um, Shifting the focus. Right. They're maybe. saying we're focusing on mobile, but now mobile is kind of coming to your living room with devices like this. Mm -hmm. um, and this, you know, is in, in the vein of the Ouya, which is basically what the Ouya was, an Android console for your TV, which right. didn't really take off. I've got one now. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. That's that's interesting. I, I'm not going to buy one. Yeah. I mean, especially with the, um, you know, now that you mentioned Steam Play, I definitely want to look into that. Um, mm -hmm. To be able to play on tablet from wherever and just you know. Well, see that it. it I will. I will look into it and as a possibility. Well, I d the mobile app is on Android. Okay. But it won't let you stream games. You have to be streaming uh, on a Windows uh, x86, so like a Windows desktop. Version. I see. Okay. Now I have a Windows 8.1 tablet that has Windows 8.1 Pro, so it's the full version of Windows, and it's an 8-inch tablet, and it'll stream it because it runs the full version of Windows. I see, I see. So I remember I've been playing, I played Skyrim on there. It looked amazing. Oh, man. Tablet. Yeah, I want, I want to have something like that set up. So that works fine. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of cool. What I, here's kind of my, I mean, I've built a ton of PCs, and I have a gaming PC hooked up to my TV in the living room, and then a beast of a gaming PC in my office. Mm -hmm. um, so I could literally play games in either one. But, one, I think, smart thing for people to do instead of going with a necessarily um, one of these Steam boxes, they could have their, you know, spend a little more money on a big, beefy gaming PC. And then you could build a, basically build a Steam box 
for your living room that, um, I mean, it's you're not paying the same price tag. You could build one for maybe four, three, four hundred dollars. Have a little AMD APU in it, um, and stream games from your beast of a gaming PC. Mm-hmm. Do the same thing as Steambox can. Mm-hmm. Um, although I believe the Steamboxes. Mm, don't hold me to this either, but I believe you'll be able to install Windows on there. Okay. Which would actually make them much more usable. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to look at that. That could be fun. Yeah. And actually, um, I have you know the, the list of the the Steambox hardware. Okay. One of them is the Gigabyte Bricks Pro. Okay. And that's the one I have. All right. So it's they're calling it a Steambox, but what it is is it's a, a commercially already uh, available kind of mini PC that they're putting the SteamOS on. I see. So I mean, I, I, that's what we actually, what we normally podcast on that machine. Mm-hmm. That's what one of the gigabyte their Steam boxes. Gotcha. And that's how I got it. It was one of the development boxes. Nice. Which is how it wound up with the uh, the uh, prototype controller as well. Nice, nice. But well, um, some interesting stuff there. I, I definitely want to look into uh, Steam Play for um, you know some possibilities with uh, streaming to tablet. Yeah, probably yeah. Need to, probably need to upgrade my tablet. I. Well, you'd have to have a Windows based tablet. Yeah. No, that's that, that that's. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the clincher. That is the that's the killer. I I'm like Android ride till I die <laughs> when it comes to tablets. So. I'm there with you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there are some uh, tablets I've seen that are dual boot, but I haven't messed around with any of those. Um, you know that Windows 8.1 tablet? I think I only paid a couple hundred bucks for it, yeah. and it's running a little Intel Atom processor, which is okay, pretty crappy. But you don't need much power to do the Steam in home streaming. Yeah. And actually, it's got, I believe it has a mini HDMI out, so you could throw it up on your TV, like oh, stream to that. Okay. And then, I mean, that, good. That's, that's something to try. Oh, yeah, there's some interesting options there for sure. But speaking of uh, changes, yes. um, the game companies, uh, Max is the company behind uh, SimCity and the Sims franchise mm-hmm. is no more. That's crazy. Uh, tell me, I actually hadn't heard about this uh, until you just mentioned it. I mean, they were doing so. Well, obviously, uh, financially, it seems at least from, well, he, from sales. Here's here's kind of the the point there, and I I I thought some of the same. I mean, I kind of thought the same thing there, but mm-hmm. um, the apparently the Sims, uh, Sims Two, Sims Three. I mean, the their traditional Sims games has been mo- had been moved to a different developer or a different team a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So mainly, what they were um, responsible for was SimCity, from my understanding. I see. Which the last SimCity I had a lot of fun with. But um, it caught a lot of flack when it came out being online only, and it had a lot of issues. Right. And didn't do so well, apparently. Okay. I got it, and I played it like crazy for a week. Mm-hmm. Never touched it again after that. Right. So I kind of, uh, that was probably the problem. Had a lot of drop-off there. And as I said, had a lot of flack for making the game online only. Yeah, um, that, that's like super bothersome. I know, but that's kind of crazy, isn't it? That a game is, company's is, been on forever. Yeah, I mean, there's that. And, you know, we were talking at the beginning of the episode um, with respect to Diablo three and how that caught a lot a lot of heat from from fans uh, because it was online only because you know you want people to you know be able to play offline single player when they're in the plane when they're you know commuting to work on subway whatever you right know? Um, and that option was unavailable because of this uh, online only uh, requirement so well, you know I think. If Diablo was the only game that Blizzard developed, they could have ended up in the same situation. But they've got, you know, There's World so of Warcraft pumping money into them, yeah. Starcraft, yeah. Hearthstone. Yeah, I mean, a bunch. If, if Diablo had been the only game they were standing on, then they could have been. I think they could have been in the same boat on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, Max has been around forever. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's definitely surprising news for sure. I was just looking at the, uh, the article there again. But um, man, uh, 
so not going to see. I mean, I'm sure EA owned Maxis, so EA was the one that shut them down. Mm-hmm. Um, so EA still owns all of those franchises. So it's not the end of these games, I'm sure. Um, right, but that particular st- devel- yeah. development. Studio. Yeah, I mean, the, the studio that's created them has been behind them for you know 20 years. Right. Is uh, is uh, no longer with us, so that's, that's sad. It's sad. It's unfortunate. There's something called the Zelda Project. Um, yeah, tell me about this. This is pretty interesting. Um, it, I had never heard of it before. I mean, this is super, super cool. Um, I haven't heard of it. What is it? What actually? it is is that you have uh, a group of cosplayers, right? And mm-hmm. they, what they've been doing um, for a while is basically they take kind of like, you know, images or, you know, like just like really well, well done still images of scenes you know, kind of iconic scenes from the Zelda universe, mm-hmm. specifically uh, Ocarina of Time, um, in this case. And what they've what they've been working on apparently is to do a short film, and okay. that would be really interesting. So they're based in Los Angeles. You know, just a, br- a group of friends, and they try to express Ocarina of Time in photography and film. That so is pretty cool. They got to watch out though. That Power Rangers guy got some flack. Yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, and so and we know Nintendo likes to pull the whole copyright. Yeah, there. I feel I feel like Nintendo is, um, I don't know, like kind of selective when it comes to these type of things. Like some things they'll completely look, you know, overlook. Like mm-hmm. Project M, they more or less haven't uh, bothered with it, except you know now now recently at Apex because it was funded by Nintendo, mm-hmm. um, and you know sponsored by Nintendo, uh, they said you know no no Project M here and i kind of think uh, i think this would be kind of true of saban as far as the power rangers whole fiasco went actually speaking not to cut you off but speaking of that uh mm-hmm. the, the movie it's back on is youtube it? and vimeo okay because i just checked it like and, and we t- i took down the post too because it there wasn't linking to anything we had on the website our mm-hmm. website um but it's back up and there's basically like a huge disclaimer that okay. you had to put right you right. know what i'm saying like a five to ten second disclaimer this has nothing to do with it you know Right, so, which what he, he should have done in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Place. And it has, goodness, I mean, since it went back up, I saw it at 12 million views. That's this crazy. This thing totally exploded. Right. You know, and, you know, I kind of, uh, when I first saw it, and I think this is one of the reasons Saban got mad, is that it looks like that could be an actual Power Rangers movie. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the movie is coming out, the actual movie, uh, which is being worked on by Lionsgate, is coming out in 2016. Right, You know, right. To, be deter- to be determined probably late, late 2016, right? Um, so it's cool that, you know, I think Saban took a good move. It's like, yeah. Hey, they, he didn't take permission and this could very well be, um, misinterpreted by fans. Take it down. Okay. Now he wants to talk to us, you know, put a disclaimer on there and you can put your movie up. Yeah. That's they totally did, reasonable. They didn't want to be the bad guys, but on the same note, that was not sending, I mean, there was drug use, violence, I mean, some bloody violence. Mm-hmm. That's not the um, the message they wanted to be associated yeah. with Power Rangers. Yeah. And as far as the Zelda, um, these cosplayers are going, as long as they don't do something like crazy and... I mean, and it's going to be non-profit, obviously. Well, yeah, that, know, that's, I, that's, mean, I mean, if it's not like, you know, gory beheading and Zelda having orgies and stuff, <laughs> they're not going to... I don't think Nintendo's going to make too much of a stink about we'll it. We'll see. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I saw a comment on the article and somebody said that Somebody tried to do something similar, mm-hmm. and they were they were like shut, you know, like told like don't do this. Oh, they they were not. You know, I'm I'm gonna assume you know that this person was truthful, um, but 
Because you can believe everything you hear. On the internet, <laughs> yes. You know, you know. I think as it long is. as they they don't... They, I mean, it's always a good idea to go to the IP holder and be like, look, do you mind if we do this? Yeah. Even if we do this, this, and this? And they'll be like, yeah, sure. And even if they don't, I mean... Right. We'll see. I would really like to see it because if you guys check out the, you know, their website, just, you know, just Google the Zelda project. Um, the pictures are absolutely incredible. Um, it's a really nice representation, I would say, of Ocarina of Time. Like, it's, it's so good. Okay. Well, have a pwn up there and everything, you know. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Welcome, humans. I am Zordon. I'm looking at the uh, the next year we've got on Zordon's watches. Tell me about this, uh, this Clay Fighter. Remake. Okay. So, um... You know, Mike, if you were to ask me, like, what's the last game series you thought would be revived, this would probably be right up there. Uh, yeah, I, Fighter. I remember the name of it, but I've never played it. Um, yeah, I played, I have the SNES version. It was also released for uh, Sega Genesis. And there was an N64 version, right? There was an N64 version, okay. which was called, it was so random, the title was like Clay Fighter 63 and a third. What? It's so weird, right? What? Like, why was it? Like, I guess the idea being they didn't want to call it, you know, Clay Fighter 64, which is, you know, a lot of titles you had like Conquer 64, this 64. Mario 64. Exactly. Right. Right. So, it, you know, whatever. They wanted to be goofy and weird. But, you know, the game, if I remember it fondly on SNES. Mm -hmm. um, then again, you know, I played it at a pretty young age. And, you know, I, was, I just thought it was kind of goofy uh, and funny. And, you know, there was like this guy called... Ikebo uh, my my favorite character on Ikebad Clay, oh, right? Man. So cheesy, right? Bruch. Like Ikebad Crane, but I thought it was funny. It was like a you know like a ghost dude, and he had a pumpkin head. Um, so I remember it fondly from that perspective, but from a gameplay perspective, um, totally forgettable. Mm -hmm. You know, totally forgettable experience, right? I mean, it's like I played Street Fighter Two when I was young. I don't I I've, I don't forget anything about that. You know what I mean? Like I right. love Street Fighter Two, and Adore the series. Oh, but let me ask this one. The, yeah. uh, maybe pulling pulling you out on the rug out from one of your feet on this one. Who's the? Uh, do you know who the developer is on this? Or Interplay. Interplay. Yes. Interplay. Who who owns them? Is it? I'm not. You know, I want to double check uh, this article, but um, I'm not. I'm not sure who owns them. But the developer is Interplay. Okay. Okay. Well. So they're saying that they want to you know revamp and remaster it. Mm -hmm. You know, the N64 version was apparently abysmal. Jeff Gertzman reviewed it, and he was just like. This this is a horrible experience on every level, basically, because it's like they take, you know, concepts from different fighting games, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's like the end product is just not it's not there. Like it just doesn't have the it doesn't have the gameplay mm -hmm. to really justify it, you know. You know, at least that version. What the SNES version, you know, I liked it, but at the same time it was forgettable. I kind of think, um, well, I mean, fighting games have kind of had a resurgence the past few years. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Killer Instinct coming back. Never oh, really that thought great. that would have been a big uh, one. I love that. And I think they did a really good job. I think that's probably what it is, is they're like, hey, look, fighting games are kind of back in right now. Mm -hmm. Let's pull out some old P IP we haven't looked at in a while and try to yeah. do something fun with it. You know, and I'm, it's, we'll see how it goes. I'm not, you know, it's not on my watch list or anything. You know, we're, we're mentioning it on Zordon's watch list because it's just something to be looking at. But mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm saying that I myself am not hopeful that the remake is going to really be up to par. Right. You know, um, I'll be very happily surprised if it is the case and they kind of tweak the game, you know, tweak the gameplay and just basically have it up to par. But if there, there hasn't been a game in this series for so long and like, who knows about it? You know what I mean? Really? 
I'm, unless I'm, they're unless they're a hardcore gamer, they will never have heard of it. But I'm, maybe that's but maybe that's to their advantage because it's like Clay Fighter. Oh, it's new, you know. For the, for somebody you know like a mainstream gamer who hasn't heard of it, they're gonna come in like fresh, maybe. Uh-huh. You know, and they want to maybe capitalize on that. So, I don't know. I think it's um, interesting news, but we'll, we'll kind of see how uh, Interplay tackles this uh, this reboot. I'm laughing inside a little bit because I'm sitting here thinking, man, we're we're kind of talking down about this game. Like no one's ever played. It. We've never played it. I'm guarantee there's probably two guys out there who are like us with Phantom Dust, mm-hmm. like how we are with Phantom Dust. Yeah. They are with Clayfire. Like, Maybe. man, it's the best game ever. Yeah. What are these two jokers talking about? They've never played it. Yeah, but 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 see, the thing is, since I I played the SNES version, okay, okay, and so it's like, you know, I, I saw that, I, I looked up, you know, old gameplay uh, footage of the game, and mm-hmm. you had a lot of people saying, "Oh man, this was a great game," and this is. I really think most of that is just like looking back fondly yeah. at an experience as a young kid. Because I can say, I, I remember enjoying the game. Nostalgia as a kid. is a tricky bastard. Exactly. And so that's nostalgia playing with them. I get, I'm almost positive if they were to go back and play it, it's like, uh, you know, look at something like Mortal Kombat 3 that existed at the same time, Street Fighter 2. Super awesome, mm-hmm. detailed, technical fighting games. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have this. So. You know, I will be greatly surprised and pleased if the remake is good. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll kind of see how that uh, how that goes. Okay. Okay. Um, another another game on uh, on the watch list here, which is absolutely a huge title. I would say top three most anticipated uh, for me uh, on Wii U specifically, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. this is this the one that just came out on the new 3ds or no no uh well uh what happened what it is is that on the wii uh uh-huh. you had the original xenoblade chronicles okay and for the new nintendo 3ds they are remaking the original wii game okay okay and so okay. this is the sequel to the wii game i've got you. yeah okay. so it's actually good timing uh to release the uh remake um for new nintendo 3ds it's unfortunate that it's exclusive to the new version but with the new version selling so well people who want to get it will will be able to get it this game apparently uh a retailer has listed that it's due for a summer release mm-hmm. which is very surprising uh, i quick. was definitely expecting it at the end of the year mm-hmm. um the game is obviously has been in development for a long time um it's going to be online four player multiplayer online uh and that just sounds awesome like four player multiplayer online rpg on the wii wii u uh, I'm super excited for it. It's going to be top quality. Like, guarantee this game is going to be good. The f- original was great. Anybody who hasn't played it, play it. I haven't Wii. played it. Go for it. <laughs> I haven't played Go it. Go for it. And so, super geek game. That's where Shulk ke- uh, comes from. Oh, okay. Shulk okay. Yeah, so that's his universe. That's right. Um, it's a very good game. Uh, I'm super excited for the sequel. And even in addition to four players, there's going to be like larger lobbies where you can have, if I recall, 16 or 32 players where you can just interact with them. Okay. But when it comes to like, you know, kind of venturing out for gameplay, then it's four, uh, four players. Okay. That's kind of yeah. like old school Guild Wars. Um, exactly. Towns and cities were all MMO areas. But when you mm-hmm. left that, you were in your own instance. Exactly. Okay. Um, so 
if it comes out in summer that's super exciting uh i need to replay the original on wii mm-hmm. to just get back up to speed so that'll um you know that'll be on the that's on the backlog um try to try to get to it by uh by april at the latest yeah I'll, I'll have to go back and play that one as well um yeah. i would play the new 3ds version but i don't have a new 3ds and i don't yeah. plan on buying one just for that yeah um, um speaking of the new nintendo 3ds i didn't plan to talk about this but uh, apparently there are still majora's majora Ma- uh, majora masks uh, editions don't tell me the that. gold editions yeah don't tell me that um i would be interested to get one just just for the collector's edition, I wasn't I wasn't originally planning to get one, but if they, you know, come out with more, you know, this is this is a rumor, you know, a, about having a second shipment. The rumor aside, though, mm-hmm. there is a, a Target uh, employee who had been who has been posting for quite a while on um, the 3DS subreddit and saying that there's just 54 sitting there in a box, like in the warehouse that he's at. It'd be so funny if he's just trolling everybody and he just like photoshopped the box. <laughs> well, no, no, not even that because they don't allow any type of, you know, you can't have like a camera in there. You can't, you know, it's like super, super tight on that. Uh-huh. But um, at the same time, it's like there's no reason for him to lie either. Having a second shipment is way more unlikely, but maybe the fact that there are just some kind of just sitting out there and they just haven't. Well, I don't know. They had, remember, they had some strikes at the uh, at the shipping ports yeah, on exactly. the Yeah, exactly. There's the port strike. So, they, they it's, could it, be. It's, it's not necessarily that there's a, a second shipment. Like that's that's maybe just just rumored to stir up uh, stir up things. But you know, having the you know them having some come in that were originally stopped at the port strike, right. so that the initial shipment was basically cut in half, mm-hmm. where you had some that went through and arrived at retailers and were sold out, and then it was like this initial sellout. And you still have some, and you have had some that came later from the same original shipment, yeah. um, but haven't been sold basically, and they're yeah. just kind of waiting on Nintendo to see how they want to handle it, kind of maybe. I mean, shoot, it's possible. If it ain't pop up, I'm like, I'm gonna be tempted to get one. Yeah, I'll, I'm definitely tempted to get one too because I, I really just loved the remake of Majora's Mask so much. It was mm-hmm. such a great experience. Probably that's the best game I've played uh, this year so far. Okay, even okay. though it's a remake, it's just really good. Gotcha. So fun. Okay, I'm trying to think upcoming games for me. Um, Mario Party, I am hesitantly excited for. I I think the game. Uh, I'm gonna play it and have fun with it, regardless yeah, of how yeah, bad we're gonna, or good it is. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stream that and just you know act like loonies. You guys know how Mario Party is. You know, like I'm gonna be drunk as crap. Lose friend, yeah, lose friends over that. Uh, I'm gonna get drunk. Yeah. So the. <laughs> So there's that. Um, I wish it was online, but you know, is it is it not online? It's it's not online, unfortunately. What? Uh, okay. So, well, I mean, it's always kind of been a couch co-op party type game, anyway. Yeah, that's true. And so you know, you definitely enjoy it more with friends. Um, so that'll you know, we'll see how that uh, goes. That should be out March twentieth. And the um, other game I'm looking forward to, uh, Phantom Pain, Metal Gear Solid. Oh yes. Which yeah. I think the release date was uh, September first. Leaked, right? Leaked yeah. September first. No, not leaked. It was just announced. If I recall. I okay. Well, uh, yeah, I think first. it may. Yeah, I think it leaked a day or two, and then they actually came out. Okay, sure. And um, yeah, Hideo Kojima, he, you know, quote unquote, you know, famously says that this is going to be the last Metal Gear Solid game. We've heard that many times, of course. Yeah, him. I don't. I don't buy so, it. So uh, nobody, nobody believes you, bro. We love you, but uh, we we expect and want more uh, Metal Gear Solid games. Here's the thing, like. Um, is now does he own the Metal Gear Solid IP? I'm not. He is the. I know creator. he's the creator. He's the creator of Metal Gear Solid. 
Um, so Konami owns the rights. Okay, Konami. That's Konami, what I thought. Konami okay. owns the rights. See, that's the thing, though. If I mean, he can't say this is going to be the last one because if he retires or he leaves and Konami still owns it, Konami can bring someone else in and still do oh, that. Yeah, one. sure. You know, I, I think it's... Uh, it's just a PR move yeah. on his part. You know, he's just he's just kind of being sly and, and yeah. saying like, "Oh, this is the last one." You know, uh, so I don't know. As long as it's making money, like Halo, yeah. they're gonna keep yeah. making them. I think I think it's just a tongue in cheek comment. You know, he's kind of like maybe you know maybe the first time that he said it. Mm-hmm. You know, I forgot which game he originally said it for. I think I want to say Metal Gear Solid Three. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. But, um, you know, even then, maybe maybe he did plan to stop, but it was just like. You know, yeah, so, something uh, you no. know, compelled him to to continue. We'll see more of them. And yeah, what's sure. great about it is you only see one every four or five years. It's not like Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty where there's a new one every year. Yeah, it's super quality. I mean, so Metal when you Gear get Solid it, is definitely like among the pinnacle of top gaming series. You know, it's gonna be good. You know, it's gonna we'll have a crazy ass story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we shall soon see. Okay, moving on to uh, Goldnard's Goldmine. We're yes. going wrapped up here. Yep. Um, um, so we have, um, there's a couple of uh, console-specific bundles um, here. First, there's the Wii U that is available um, refurbished from Nintendo. So it's it's like new. Like, because it's coming directly from Nintendo, you know it's going to work. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and it comes with Mario 3D World, Super Mario 3D World, excellent multiplayer game, and Nintendo Land. Also good. Uh, lesser known, but I, I enjoy it. Uh, How much is that going to set its background me? That's 225 for the bundle. I think the price is good. How, I think the price is good for... How much is the bundle new? Brand new, it's 300 Okay. MSR- okay. No, 260 now. 260 okay. 260 MSRP. You save $35, you can buy, you know, all, you know, you can get another uh, game with that. Okay, okay. I, yeah. I don't know. I kind of I kind of would like to see the price on the Wii. Will you be a little lower by now? But... I understand they've. I mean, they're still in the red as far as I'm sure they spent a lot of money to develop this console that hasn't sold very well. Um, but heart, I mean, hardware wise, it's not as as fast as the others. Um, but remember, that was the thing about the Wii, and one of the reasons it sold so well is because they're so much cheaper than the other two consoles. Yeah, that was. Um, you know, I think that that would really help Nintendo. Like, if they make the price of admission of a console, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't believe that they actually have to have the strongest hardware. No, they never you know, have. They've always done well I, by not IP. having the strongest hardware. Exactly. And I think if they make the price of admission for their next console, um, you know, lower, mm-hmm. but they're still able to produce these top quality games as they always have. Yeah. Um, even that's, if they that's try... That's their strength is their IP. Exactly. And then even, even if they try something unique and different to kind of revolutionize the market, which mm-hmm. is what they want to do. They want to be on the cutting edge and just have something different, which is good. And I, and I think that's, you know, uh, uh, something uh, laudable, you know, it's something um, praiseworthy um, and that they want to try different things. They do need to, you know, kind of get on board when it comes to online and, fu- and this type of functionality. Um, but I think the kind of base approach uh, doesn't necessarily need to change. It's just tweaking the things that are going to make it more accessible for the, you know, the general user while still have, you know, having, you know, the Nintendo image. I think they, I think they're afraid to change because they don't, they want to, they don't want to lose their image, but they can still change certain things and they're still Nintendo, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? They're still identifiable as, as Nintendo. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the kind of internal struggle I think that um, is uh at play here, but you know, they, they're still, their handheld is on point and, uh, that's all good. Um, the, okay, this is a really good bundle. Um, for the PS4, mm-hmm. you have the, 
PS4 uh, plus Last of Us Remastered, excellent game, of course. Very good. Plus a one-year uh, PlayStation Plus card uh-huh. at uh, three eighty-six. That's a, that's a damn good deal. List price is five hundred. Now is that new or refurb? This is new. That is an awesome deal. Yeah, very good deal. And um, um, what about the Xbox, Xbox One? Yeah. Yeah, the Xbox One bundle um, is. Let's see. Here is a refurbished Xbox One Plus Connect mm-hmm. for three hundred fifteen. Wow. And it also includes a uh, Rise. Uh, Rise, Son of Rome, mm-hmm. which you know is an average title, um, or if you want, instead of uh, the Connect bundle uh, with a refurbished Xbox One, you can get uh, a brand new unit with uh, Assassin's Creed Unity. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be you know a download code, so right, right. you're not going to be able to necessarily flip it. Maybe you know if you find somebody to to sell it to, but um, those are those are pretty good bundles. The PS4 bundle is really good. That's actually close to. Um the deal I got for Black Friday for a refurb Xbox One with the Connect, mm-hmm. it was three thirty, um, but it came with the Connect, the Xbox One. Um, I got uh, one free game. Uh, well, actually, I got four free games. One of them physical, which was uh, Sunset Overdrive. Mm-hmm. Then I got Rise, Forza, and Connect Dance Central Connect. Okay. So I got four games. So it's, I mean, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that was a really good deal. Yeah. But um, still, that's that's pretty great. And I'm looking here next on the list. This is actually something I just got a couple weeks ago. Nice. Um, Best Buy Gamers Club Unlocked. Yeah, this is really good. Um, now they've originally the price was ninety nine dollars. Yeah, something standard crazy for two years. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, that price is justifiable if a person buys enough titles at launch to make that money back and save some. Um, because the the main pull of this is, uh, one, it's two years a two years long subscription, and you get twenty percent off, uh, new titles, which is crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a lot for new titles. I mean, everything is sixty dollars, you know, nowadays, and that's that's steep. I mean, you kind of you have to be really selective, um, about what games you get at launch. You know, the only games I got at launch recently were like Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. Hyrule Warriors, um, and a couple others, and then I just like caught up on. Uh, a bunch of PC games, you know, during uh, Steam like winter sale and stuff. I'm looking here, and you also get two uh, two times points on video games at Best Buy. Nice. Uh, two points for every dollar when you trade in games. Twenty um, percent off new games. That's the big thing. And you get mm-hmm. also ten percent bonus trade in credits. This is such a better deal. Like nobody should ever buy games from GameStop and like using their rewards program is uh-huh. n- does not compare to this at all. You also it's get so much better. 10% off pre-owned games. Mm-hmm. Buy two, get a third free on pre-owned games. Huh. And 50% off strategy guide um, where there's special welcome coupon. So that sounds like a one-time use thing. Okay. Um, but still, you're talking about 20% off a new game. That's like, what, $43, $44? Oh, yeah. You would save $15. You, you'll make your money back after buying two games, basically. And um, it's for two years, too. That's the thing. It's not one year. It's two yeah, years. Yeah, this is so two years for $30. This is super good. Um, I myself uh, would get it, except mm-hmm. for the fact that my brother works at GameStop, ah, and okay. I get 15% off anyway. Ah. I'm a cheeky bastard. Ah. So, you know, uh, the deal is fantastic. You know, once when I move and I don't have the access to get those games or, you know, my brother maybe stops working at GameStop, uh, this is this is definitely the thing to get because there's definitely a couple titles I want to get at lunch. I want to get Splatoon at lunch, mm-hmm. uh, Xenoblade at lunch, uh, Battlefront Three. Oh my God! Hey. <laughs> yeah, and um, Phantom Dust should be out. We hope within two years. Don't tease if me. If not, I'll re- yeah, I know. Don't tease me. I, 
We have, don't to, tease we me. have to mention Phantom Dust at least once. <laughs> just once podcast. an episode. You guys, you guys already know. Randomly just say it anywhere. Yeah. Um, I but I just did the math. No, $47.99. So if you take, you know, a $59.99, knock off 20%, you're down to $47.99. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So two, like two, three, you know, into three games. Yeah. You, you save your money. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. The only thing that has kept me from using this recently is these damn um, Dell coupons they've been having where you buy oh, yeah. a game you get 25 uh, Dell has been on point with these so guys uh yeah definitely um Dell ha- you know they don't have a huge selection of games but they'll have your AAA titles available mm-hmm. and you can get them there and so like like I bought Majora's you know both of us Mike and Mike and I both bought Majora's Mask 3D uh, at lunch and they had a $25 e gift card so I'm basically getting the game for $15 mm-hmm as long as I buy something else full price. So like the, the idea is you keep rolling over and if you keep using it, you know, you're saving 20, you know, save dollars. You, you've got like 90 days to use it. So they don't give you too long. Yeah, that's true. So it doesn't work like a standard gift card where you don't, you know, it doesn't expire like a, right. you know, standard uh, gift card where it comes like, like an actual physical card mm-hmm. you just get a number sent in the mail. The number will not be sent to you until it's like 10 or 20 days. Yeah, it's 10 days after you receive the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. 10 to 15 days after you receive the game. I got it about, yeah, about 10 days. Well, they just want to make sure you don't turn around and cancel your pre-order. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind, guys. It'll come later. Um, but yeah, I got. I went ahead and used the uh, $25 gift card I got on uh, Monster Hunter 4. That still hasn't arrived. I'm super disappointed. I want to jump into that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had... Uh, uh, snowstorm. I mean, even this episode is gonna come out. You guys will be listening to it Saturday, because we had. Yeah, we didn't mention the weather. I mean, we got snowed in on Thursday. Yeah, and, and uh, it was just, today. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a little bit better today. The roads cleared up, but uh, we weren't able to meet in one place and have a good um, quality uh, production for you guys. So we didn't want to do it over Skype and have it lower quality. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, definitely, this gamers club is a great deal if you're getting launch games there's just a bunch of good titles that are coming out in this coming coming year um so look at that and look at the dell uh 25 dollar e-gift card uh, yeah option because i took my 25 dollars from majora's mask and turned around and bought um using mario a uh mario party okay yeah used so it i mario got 25 dollars off that yeah so he used it on and mario then party. i got another 25 dollars exactly because exactly. mario party that pre-order came with a 25 dollar gift certificate exactly you see that you just stack them so you know the the last of uh no sorry uh, Bloodborne mm-hmm. also has this deal going on. So I did it on that too. There you go. See, so these just kind of stack. It's um it's a super good way. Dell is very smart for doing this because it's you know generating revenue for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's super good. The Best Buy Gamers Club, all good stuff. You They're getting competitive, save, man. Save money. Yeah, yeah. Best Buy is definitely um pushing uh, the envelope when it comes to software. Okay, well I, you know we're we're running a little over, but I think that wraps up episode eight. Um. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, you can uh, find us on our website, gocopowergamers.com. You can email us at rangers at gocopowergamers.com. That's right. And, um, yeah, definitely drop us a line. Um, let us know. Um, we have a channel trailer in the works. I won't say who is producing <laughs> it, but you guys will really enjoy it. So that channel trail will kind of, will kind of uh, formally kick off our YouTube, if you will. We already have some footage up there, obviously, from our, from our live streams. But um, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's going to be exciting. Have a good weekend, guys. Take it easy. Have a good one.